Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity. Forming strong teams to support them, Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you are listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money show. It's Friday, June 30th, and we are here answering financial questions, taking the mystery out of your financial life, and closing out the month and the quarter and the first half of the year. It also occurs to me as we head into this huge, long holiday weekend that wedding season definitely is kicking off with gusto. And so to help you out as you either navigate your own wedding or marriage, or you're just needing a little bit of a refresher on why it's so important that couples talk about money, I'd love to present to you the segment that I did on CBS Mornings. And I want to play the segment. There's a lot of cross-conversation here, so you have to listen up. Tony DeCopel, Gail King, Vladimir Dutier, they are the anchors. We have a conversation. After the segment, I want to talk about some of the aspects that we did not get to cover that are vitally important. So here is my segment from earlier this week on CBS Mornings. As we head into peak wedding season, a.k.a. summertime, today's Money Watch looks at some financial topics every couple should talk about before they say, I do. Not an easy conversation, but the good news is (laughs) many couples are, in fact, having that difficult conversation. A survey from the wedding planning website The Knot finds that 86% of millennial couples, anyway, are talking about finances before engagement, in fact, and it goes up to 90% for Gen Z couples. CBS News business analyst Jill Schlesinger uh, joins us now. Uh, And Jill, I think the really hard part is actually beginning 
the conversation. So what tips do you have for people getting started? Well, first of all, this often, as we see with the younger folks, it takes place when you're starting to cohabitate. And so we have real conversations about it. I want to remind everyone why it's so important. Number one, if something bad happens to your spouse, you kind of want to know, like, are we on the same page and we have to get some things taken care of? But number two, if you're not talking about your money, there can be a weird power dynamic that develops among couples. So we want people to have conversations about their financial goals. Hey, what do you think is important in our lives? Number two, we're going to share information. Yeah. What does that mean? What kind of debt are you bringing into this marriage? What are our credit ratings? <laughs> really important because if you're going to go get a mortgage, this oh, is yeah. important. Mm -hmm. How much are we earning? What do you what's your savings habit? What about your investing? What about your risk tolerance? These are so important. And of course, I wouldn't be me if I don't end a segment like this or the first question without saying wills, oh. durable powers of attorney, okay. and All healthcare right. proxies. Right. Well, please, 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 we ought to get that done. How do you stand on joint banking accounts? I've always thought, well, when I first got married, I thought everything was 50-50. Mm. I, I once won an office pool of $24. I came home and gave him $12.50. I'm not kidding, because I thought, you know, we're married and we should share everything. Mm. Now I feel... You have yours, I have mine, and we have something joint together. I Where do you stand on joint banking accounts? I don't have a huge feeling on it. I you feel don't. like you must have the conversation. And I think Is there a right or wrong? No, there is no right okay. or wrong. And what's interesting about it is I think more people are ascribing to your latter development in that, on this, where because you're getting married later, you already have an account. Yes. So I think it does make sense for those couples. But I've heard from a lot of people where there's a non-working spouse mm. at home. That, right. It feels yeah, that weird about like, oh, are you going to give me an allowance? Yes. Like that feels strange. Whatever it is, talk about it. Make sure everyone yeah, is on the same page. It, it's an interesting point because you said something interesting there that uh, we got married later in life. And so we have entire careers and lives. And so when we came into it. There's no there's transparency. here. This is what I make. This is what's in the account. Mm. Um, but we've never come to the decision to say, well, let's just combine everything. And I think it might be messy. Like, it can be. And I also think that when we're talking about this topic, we also have to acknowledge that there's a lot of wage disparity when a couple comes together. Yeah, and that I can make it. Katie was not. <laughs> <laughs> but they you know, say in a relationship, he who has the money has the power. Do you think that's true? Um, not necessarily, because I think that whoever looks, has. I, I think that what really <laughs> it has to happen is having a conversations. OK, we come to this later in life or we're starting out. Who's managing the bill paying? Mm. Who's going to do yes. that? Now, the reason why I think one person usually is responsible for that is that one person has a system that's pretty seamless. The other person often doesn't. Mm. But whatever your system is that you're choosing, talk about it. I have had couples who said, you know, oh, you know, so-and-so, my, my husband had an accident. I don't even know how to pay the utility bill. Wow. So let's make sure everyone shares passwords, knows where the accounts are. So what's how do you the start this tough conversation? Because it's still so hard for many people. Yeah. I think when you're talking about any, uh, let's bring Katie in. Let's do a little couples <laughs> therapy right now. I remember, I distinctly remember we were walking down the street and we did, we just set our numbers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what you got to do. I think Mine that you had. Mine were very low I, and I just got, you know, when you get, 
You want to talk? Here's the reason we can end on this. The reason you should talk about this is because couples fight over money, money. and you can so, get divorced right. if you don't talk exactly. about it. Exactly. And for those and, people who are having real problems, you may want to bring in a third party, a financial advisor, to help you walk through this process, develop your game plan together. Good advice as always. Okay. One thing that we did not get to talk about during the segment is credit cards. And, you know, we've always heard from people who are credit experts about the perils of a joint credit card. But recently I was asked by somebody um, who said, I don't have very good credit. And if I get a joint credit card with my spouse, that will help my credit. And so that is true. And although there may be an advantage if one person has a low credit score and they're trying to boost their score through the other's high score, there's a huge downside if something were to go wrong in the future. Remember, when you have a joint credit card, both people are technically on the hook for outstanding balances. And that means if there are any problems with late payments, both people's credit scores are negatively impacted. I say no to joint credit cards. The other thing that uh, we didn't get to talk about is the entire conversation around a prenup. So I just want to go through that a little bit here. A prenup is a legal contract that outlines how couples would split up their financial lives in the event that the relationship does not work out. So it usually outlines what each spouse brings into the union financially, how couples would divide their assets that they accumulated during the marriage, and how they might manage future family gifts or inheritances. Now, the funny thing is, growing up, I always thought, oh, a prenup, that's something for the rich. I don't think that's the case anymore. You know, they're very popular with people who have been married previously or have children from a prior relationship, small business owners, uh, couples that have a large wealth disparity. And um, there are also contracts that are drawn between people who are not legally married but live together. Um, those are called no-nups. They, uh, they're very helpful, especially if you've got real estate transactions and estate planning. Uh, there are also some couples that uh, draft an agreement that's called a post-nup. That's after they are married. It can be useful if your circumstances have changed. Uh, all right. So don't forget, after you have these tough conversations, um, you really need to make sure that no matter what, you're staying on top of your financial conversations between the two of you, at least annually. I like to think maybe right after you file your taxes, have some time, discuss your goals, make sure your allocations of labor are still working for both of you. And also, maybe you start talking about whether or not you need the help of a certified financial planner. So that's it. That is the show. That is our Friday program. And if you do have questions about how to manage money between couples or any other question that is percolating in your brain, just go to our website, jillonmoney.com. Click the Contact Us button and let us know if you would be willing to come on the air. Don't forget, you can sign up for our free weekly newsletter. It comes out every Friday. Mark does a great job with that. And if you have the gumption, if you've got a few extra bucks, here's some summer reading. The Great Money Reset. It's my new book, and it is a really been written as a way to help you make choices in your life that don't blow up your finances. So check it out, The Great Money Reset. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Karen Cranick, she's still our web queen, but she'll be leaving soon. Mark Talercio is our executive producer. We're distributed by Cadence 13. Try to lift someone up, change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.
If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on Homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself. But even better, they've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information, all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.